ambitious and a life of choice. The Accelerators, because success loves speed. And now we come to the guest interview. And I'm delighted to bring you the interview I carried out with one of the most inspiring speakers I've had the pleasure to meet, Keith Cunningham. Let me tell you just a little about Keith. He started early in business, a door-to-door egg delivery business when he was 11 years old, which laid the foundation for him being able to pay his own way through college. In fact, his father had Keith keep a ledger for all his childhood commercial activities, which recorded all of his sales and expenses and profits. Keith's father also insisted he invest some of his profits. Keith went to the University of Texas and earned a BBA in accounting and an MBA. He joined two successful businessmen in their cable business for a highly reduced salary as he felt that the mentoring he would receive would be worth far more than the money. That proved a right decision as after a couple of years he became a partner and helped build one of the largest cable television companies in America, Prime Cable, which was sold for $1.6 billion. Keith, by then a multimillionaire, invested in real estate, personally guaranteeing over $100 million in debt. Things went wrong, and he had to declare personal bankruptcy. He recovered, and you'll hear more about that in the interview, and found his skills at teaching others. He met and became involved with both Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, then Anthony Robbins. He is now a regular and most popular speaker at Tony's Wealth Mastery Courses. Along the way, Keith has also built several businesses, recovering his fortune. So as you can hear, this is a man who really has been there and done it. But let me warn you, he doesn't hold back on his views. He states what he has to say with total clarity, total commitment and total belief. So let's go to the interview now. Hello, Keith. Thank you very much indeed for sparing the time to be on The Achiever's Edge. How's life with you at the moment? Yeah, everything is great. Thank you. Keith, I've got so many questions I want to ask you about money, about finances, about business in general. But let's start with this. You've got so much experience in business with the growth of Prime Cable and your adventures in real estate and other activities. What do you see as the three most popular myths in the business world today? I think we are bombarded with the message of mediocrity and terminal normality. Everywhere I look, Peter, I find people relying on their emotions, relying on hope, relying on luck, and that's the path to mediocrity. The myths that I see out there, and I think there's hundreds of them, but the three biggest ones, number one, is the myth of passive income. I don't believe in passive income. I don't believe the wealthiest people on the planet got that way by being passive, and I don't think they're staying that way by being passive. To me, the most powerful force that I have in my life are the words that I use, because the labels become the experience. And so I see a lot of people attempting to create passive income as their path to wealth, And I don't think passive income makes any more sense than passive health. I don't think you get rich. I don't think you attain mastery at anything by being passive. So this idea of passive, something for nothing, sleep away the pounds, sleep my way to a spectacular relationship. You take a look at the Forbes 400. The wealthiest people in the United States, take a look at the wealthiest people in England, in the UK, and in Europe. It doesn't matter where you look. Look at the 10 wealthiest people in the world, and you will not find one, not one, who is passive. Not only are they not passive now, but they didn't get to their wealth by being passive. So this idea of passive income, to me, 
is one of the most debilitating ideas that I've ever heard in my life. Gosh, that makes a lot of sense, that people were proactive, weren't they? They weren't passive at all. That's exactly right. In fact, the people who become successful at anything are about practicing, and they're about improving, and they're about correcting. And there's nothing passive. This idea of effortless success leads to the feeling, the psychology of entitlement, leads to the psychology of mediocrity, leads to settling. And so I am very passionate about this idea of if you're going to be successful at anything, it requires that you learn and that you practice the critical skills and tools that will allow you to be successful. That makes so much sense. You said there were three popular myths. So we've got the first one is passive income. The second one to me is this idea of working on your business rather than in your business. Let me ask a question. I'll ask this of you and your audience. When's the last time somebody came up to you and said, say, Peter, what business are you on? It ain't going to happen. The reason that nobody's ever been asked that question is because it's an incredibly stupid question and an incredibly stupid concept. The wealthiest people on the planet did not get that way by making the distinction of working on versus in. In fact, I would suggest to you that Richard Branson is in his business every day. So is Michael Dell. So is Bill Gates. So is Warren Buffett. The most successful people on the planet are not leaving their business for months at a time with the expectation that when they come back, the business is going to be operating better than the day they left. The most successful people on the planet do not worship the almighty system. So that's what this on versus in is all about, is really about some of the theoretic supposed investment gurus business gurus are out peddling the idea that if you want to be successful in business, all you have to do is put into place some systems and then you can be on your business. Now, I'm not suggesting that Bill Gates is still sitting in a cubicle writing computer code. He's not. And I'm not suggesting that Michael Dell is down on the factory room floor putting together computers. What I am suggesting is that they still are engaged. They are involved. And that's what in is all about. Too many people are trying to make this distinction that as soon as they're on their business, they can take their foot off the accelerator and they can kind of sit back and coast. And that's not the way it works. The most successful people on the planet are still in their business. And nobody has ever asked them what business they're on because it's a stupid concept and a stupid question. Well, that's certainly controversial if we were sat in a room with Michael Gerber, isn't it, Keith? It would be very controversial for Michael Gerber. Michael Gerber, who is a very smart guy, I like his work. I just happen to disagree with the concept that the way to be successful at anything is to be on it. I mean, you take a look at Tiger Woods. Take a look at Michael Jordan. Take a look at Michelangelo, Vladimir Horowitz. I mean, pick somebody who's a master at what they do, and you will find somebody who is in what they're doing. They are involved. They are engaged. They are in their business. I like it. It certainly will get people to think. So we've got the fact of not passive about the business. We've got the fact of not working on but working in. What's the third myth, Keith? The third myth, I think, is this idea of trying to find the right idea. In all of the teaching that we do and the entrepreneurs that we work with, 
over and over again, people come to me and say, man, if I could just find the right idea. And the problem with that concept is this. It does not take the right idea to be successful in business. In fact, the idea is worth about 1%. Let me tell you why I know that. If you or I came up with an invention and we got it patented, so we had some intellectual property, and then we licensed that idea to somebody else, our revenue would be about 1% of the revenue of the idea. So our license fee, our royalty fee, is typically 1%. The idea is this. It's never what you do. It's how you do it. The most critical thing, I mean, you can name me anything from cheeseburgers to chewing gum, from grocery stores to computers, name me any product or service. I don't care what it is, give me one week and I'll name at least one person who's made a million dollars and at least a hundred people who've gone broke with the exact same idea. It's never about the idea. Take a look at McDonald's. McDonald's has some of the worst food on the planet. And yet nobody has made more money in the history of mankind in the restaurant business than McDonald's has. The reason they've made all that money is not because of their product. Take a look at Microsoft and Apple. All of my computer-savvy friends tell me that Apple's operating system is a whole lot better than Microsoft. Now, I don't know because I'm not a computer-savvy guy. I mean, I know how to turn one on and use it, and that's it. But if you take a look at who's made all the money in the software world, it's not Apple. It's Microsoft. So here's Microsoft with an inferior product who's got a 90% market share. And furthermore, they got to the market second. Apple got there first. So success in business is not about the right idea. It's never what you do. It's how you do it. So if it's not the right idea and it's not what you do, but it's how you do it, which I think is a fabulous link back, isn't it, to the Wallace D. Wattles book, The Little Green Book, where he talked about doing things in a certain way. What are the ways that you have to do things in order to be successful in business? I think execution is absolutely critical. I mean, to me, when I work with people and they come to my continuing education programs, I'll ask this question. How many people think their biggest problem is they don't know what they don't know? And literally 98% of all the hands in the room go up. Most people are thinking that what they don't know that they don't know is their biggest problem, when in reality their biggest problem is they don't do what they do know. So execution is a competitive advantage. Doing what you know to do and doing it right, doing it consistently, and therein lies the problem. Most people's New Year's resolutions from last year failed not because it was a bad resolution, not because it was a bad plan, rather it failed as a result of faulty execution. So being able to execute the idea and executing it consistently is critical. I think... There's no point in executing if you don't know what you're doing. In other words, the only thing that's worse than going in the wrong direction is going in the wrong direction enthusiastically. I see a lot of people who are attempting to create success, and what they should be attempting to create is mastery. What they should be about is being an apprentice. I mean, if you just go back a 100 years in the U.K., In the United States, any place in the world, go back a 100 years, and what you'll find is that 
the most successful people, the masters at their craft, were people who at one time were an apprentice. And the reason they were an apprentice is to learn the critical skills and tools that would allow them to be successful. So I think learning critical skills and tools is a requirement to being successful in creating mastery. I think consistent execution is a requirement to mastery and success. I think a commitment and this is really what mastery is about, and that's what my teaching is really about, is mastery is about how do I be the best me? The best me. To me, one of the things that drives me in my life is this thought. Hell on earth would be to meet the man I could have been. And I believe most people are going for success as opposed to going for mastery, going for the best me. And the best me, to me, requires three things. Number one, you got to decide what you want. This business of looking around and trying to figure it out or trying to discover what my life's purpose is, all that, the most successful people on the planet didn't do that. Most successful people on the planet decided, and that is decision is one of the attributes of mastery. So number one, decide. Number two, learn the critical skills and tools. Be an apprentice. Be a student. The masters in today's world are lifelong learners, and at one time they were a student of another master. Today they're still learning, every one of them. Not one of them has hung up their spurs and said, I'm done. So number one is decision. Number two is learning the critical skills and tools. And number three is execution. Part of execution is the concept of practice, the concept of correcting, the concept of intensity of your practice. All of those are part of execution and accountability. And I think those concepts are the critical concepts that when I look at the most successful people on the planet, they're all masters, every one of them. My thought is that if we would begin focusing on how do I become the top 5% in my field of endeavor, which is about the concept of becoming the best that I can be, becoming the best me. If we would begin pursuing that concept, I believe that the success that everybody wants will take care of itself. The problem is most people are going for speed, most people are going for effortless success, and the problem with that is that it produces mediocrity. It produces a giving up instead of a stepping up. And it's a very powerful distinction. Keith, I really have taken with what you're saying. Now, like most very successful people, and you've been more successful than most, building a business that was subsequently sold for $1.5 billion, people go through hard times. I know you've had hard times in your life, Keith. How did you deal with that, and what lessons did you learn from those hard times? Well, what a great question, because it's something that I'm very open about, and it's something that I talk about a lot, because I took my eye off the ball. I had very early success at a very young age. In fact, I was still in my 20s. I was a multimillionaire. By the time I was in my 30s, I had made more money than 50 generations could spend. And I got arrogant. I took my eye off the ball. I started thinking that I'm kind of like Haley's Comet. A guy like me only comes around about once every 70 or 80 years. (laughs) And that's a deadly place to go to. 
I also began equating my self-worth with my net worth, which is to say that I started thinking that who I am as a human being, as a man, was, you know, all about business. And I took my eye off the ball. The markets changed. I got trapped in a bunch of real estate over you know, several hundred million dollars of real estate in the 1980s and wound up losing all my money. In fact, in early 1991, I declared personal bankruptcy. And I don't know about, you know, the listeners, but I know that when I look back at that time, going through it was horrible. But I look back at it today, and the reality is it's one of the best things that could have ever happened to me because it caused me to step back and kind of recenter and refocus on who I am and what I'm about. I took a sabbatical during that time period, and the sabbatical lasted, I didn't know how long it was going to last, it actually lasted 18 months. And during that 18 months, the purpose was for me to really reconnect with me and learn and study and grow. I began asking myself the question, how do I win this game? How do I win the game? And I never could come up with a good answer. It's kind of like being a basketball player and you're trotting off the court for halftime and you look at the scoreboard and the scoreboard says it's 87 to 3, the other guy is winning. And so here I am in the locker room at halftime trying to figure out how to win the game. That's a truly devastating question. There's no answer to that question. I can't win the game. So I changed the question. And the question was not how do I win the game. The question is how am I going to play the second half? And to me, that's the only question any of us can ask. We're not going to win the game. This is not about winning or losing. This is about how do we play And I committed at that point to play from the point of view of mastery, of becoming the best me that I possibly can be. One of the lessons that I learned is that they can't eat me. No matter what happens, I'm not going to be anybody's dinner that night. I learned the lesson that I'm called a human being and not a human doing for a reason. I'm not what I do. I am who I be. And my self-worth and my net worth have nothing whatsoever to do with each other. Success and failure are verbs. They are not nouns. They don't describe who I am. Success and failure are fleeting. They're temporary. But Keith, the being, the human being, is what's permanent. And so I began restructuring my life around the idea of Let me commit to mastery. I went out within three years after my financial problems, and I recreated my net worth. In fact, I'm wealthier today than I was then. And the way that that happened was not through luck. It wasn't through hope. It wasn't through wishful thinking. It was a result of I know critical business skills and tools that will allow people to actually attain the success that they want. Because without the critical skills and tools, you have to rely on your emotions and your glands. And business is an intellectual sport. Investing is an intellectual sport. And too many people are trying to become successful in business, become successful with their investing, become successful in creating wealth. Too many people are trying to become successful without ever bothering to learn the critical skills and tools, which helps explain why so few people are actually successful. Keith, we really are coming to the end of what I hope is only the first interview that we do together. If you had 
One final piece of advice that you give anyone who wanted to be financially secure or even financially free, and it wasn't something we've talked about already, what would it be? Commit. Commit. Commit to mastery. Commit to being the best you. I love this quote, which a lot of your listeners will have heard. The quote is around the concept of whatever you do or believe you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and mastery in it. I'm a huge believer in the idea of in order to be successful at anything, you must stop doing the best you can. Unsuccessful people are doing the best they can. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, okay, good, today I'm going to do the third best that I can all day long. Every successful person on the planet is getting up in the morning and doing the best they can. And therein lies the problem. In order to have what you want, you must stop doing the best you can and you must start doing whatever it takes. I love a quote by George Bernard Shaw who said, doing what needs to be done may not make you happy, but it will make you great. I think that's extraordinary. And I think too many people are running their lives like little boys and little girls doing whatever is convenient, doing whatever feels good, doing whatever feels fun. Look, if you put a plate of cookies and a plate of spinach in front of a five-year-old, you're going to have no cookies and you're going to have spinach that's growing penicillin. And the reason is because little boys and little girls do what feels good. And I believe that in order for me or anybody else to have what they want in their life, what's required is doing what needs to be done. Stop doing the best you can and instead start doing whatever it takes. Keith Cunningham, I really appreciate the amount of time you've spent with me already. I hope we can do more of this and I really appreciate your insights because I think they are truly inspirational. Thank you. Thank you very much. I've loved being here, Peter. I look forward to another opportunity. Well, there was so much to take from what Keith had to say, wasn't there? So let me start by urging you to listen to that interview again and again and play it to anyone for whom you care. Here are the key messages I took from Keith. To start with, and this you'd expect from me as I've talked about this concept so often, that the words we use are just so important to us. As Keith stated, the label we give anything becomes the experience. Therefore, we need to be extremely careful about those labels. Next, there are those three myths. Passive income. Successful people do not become so by being passive. Working on the business. No. Be engaged and involved. Try to find the right idea when the real deal is all about execution. As Keith so eloquently stated, the problem isn't that we don't know what we don't know. It's that we don't do what we do know. His firm view is that for you and me, or for anyone else for that matter, to become successful, we have to start as an apprentice and aim for mastery, being the best we individually can be. Not doing our best, being the best. I wonder if you have, as I have in my life, made the same mistake that Keith admitted he'd made, and that was equating our net worth with our self-worth. And I know for me, Keith's words have prompted me to look again at that idea. And his final piece of advice, commit to mastery. Commit to being the best you. Stop doing the best you can. That's the problem most people are experiencing. And start doing whatever it takes. (laughs) 
If you've enjoyed our session today, why not head over to our website where we have loads of resources on product creation, on sales, on marketing, and of course, on personal success. That's at theacceleratorsclub.com. I'll see you there.